Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning there is a very interesting connection between infant baptism and our text this morning. As you look at that text, it almost seems as if the last three verses, 15, 16, and 17, were almost added into in order to fill the pericope with the rest of the text, because they almost seem completely unrelated to one another. But that is not the case. They are integral to one another and really reveal the deeper aspect of what this text is getting at for you and for me. When an infant or a child is brought to the font to be baptized, for that matter, an adult, the very act of that baptism, especially for the adult, is a very humbling thing. They are submitting to something above them. They are doing this submission in front of you, their fellow believers. They are proclaiming to themselves and to you and to God that they are the one being acted upon. They are the one that are being brought into the kingdom by God's grace and power and initiative. They are the one whose heart is humbled. And God then is exalting them as his son and as his daughter. It is very clear for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. But the one who humbles himself will be exalted. What you and I struggle with the most ever since we were infants and little children is the exalting part, not the humbling part. The humbling part takes a great deal of God's coercement and crushing. The exalting part, Satan is feeding continually. And our flesh says yes. But our spirit cries out no. Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus told this parable very clearly, to those who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. He told this parable to those who treated others with contempt. He told this parable to those who exalted themselves and were not humbled. One of the challenges in marriage is resolving conflict. And there's many ways of resolving that conflict. One can be quietly conceding so that it looks as if one is humble, but inside one still is completely resolute that they were right. But for the sake, they will bow and allow it to go on, never releasing the rightness of their cause. 
that's unhealthy. That is damnable. It is not about being right. If it was about being right, Christ would have never been crucified because he was right. But it's not about being right. It's about humbling oneself. It is pride that is concerned about rightness all the time. Let God handle the justice in this world. Yes, we are to speak up. Yes, we are to work for those who have no voice. Yes, yes, yes. You and I know that. That ought not to be a rehash here today. This is primarily about the fact that because we do know that to be true, when to let go. Or maybe we should say, Lord, release me from myself. Jesus told this parable also to those who trusted in his righteousness, not their own. Those who trusted in his atoning sacrifice for them, that they are made right because of Christ's wronged on the cross. This parable is told for all those who humble themselves and wonder, will I ever see justice? Yes, you will. For there's the injustice for you, that you will see justice in yourself because of Christ's righteousness not being yours, but given to you. In the Old Testament reading, Cain and Abel, the first murder. You can only imagine what the father and mother, Adam and Eve, must have thought and felt. As Adam heard the news about his son Abel being killed by Cain, you know Adam had to think to himself, Oh dear Lord, what did your mother and I do? For it was they who brought sin into the world. And it was they who gave birth to sinners. And it was they whose lives were so pocked with sin that Cain and Abel not only were born with it, but saw the habit of sin in their own mother and father's life. Oh dear God, what have we done? Sin is crouching at your and my door. Sin wishes to have dominion over you and me. Let go of your hurt feelings. Let go of the rightness or wrongness of your or my cause. It's Satan who feeds that fire, not God. It's our own flesh and pride that envelops that fire and clings tightly to it, not God. And as Adam and Eve hindered their own children, let us not hinder our own children or the children of our parish family 
because we choose to hold on to rightness and not humility. We choose to hold on to exalting ourselves and our perceptions rather than Christ's forgiveness and love, which covers us. It is Christ and He alone who gives us that childlike faith and that childlike humility to say, as the tax collector in the corner of the congregation said, O God, be merciful to me, the sinner. Not a sinner, as if one among many, the sinner. The tax collector viewed himself as the worst of sinners. Not because he was trying to heap upon himself more degradation, because he saw himself as he is in Christ's sight. And he looked to the one who can bring him justice alone. Not him. He cannot bring himself justice. The Pharisee, on the other hand, was so concerned about upholding justice. The Pharisee was all about his righteousness. The Pharisee was all about seeing himself in a different light than he saw everybody else. Sadly, that is really nothing more than an expression of guilt. The Pharisee had a great amount of guilt. The Pharisee couldn't find a relief for such guilt. The Pharisee could not be released of his guilt except he thought by justifying himself with contempt of others. If you want to pity someone in this text, pity the Pharisee. He's the one who left that place still being completely enveloped by his guilt, crushed by the weight of his guilt, burdened by the weight of his guilt. Though he justified himself to the end, thinking it was the pill that would bring relief, and all it did, sadly, was addict him to more justification of himself in a bizarre and macabre rotation and cycle of guilt and shame which never is expunged and is never released. Whether we are an infant in our parents' arms, whether we are a child, who gets more out of this service than sometimes we think he does as they squirm and worm their way around the pew. Or whether we're an adult, that is our reentry point. That is our place where our Lord wishes to release us from ourself, for we are our worst enemy. And our pride is a damnable thing. Remember the prodigal son and the prodigal son's brother? And for that matter, his elder brother? The prodigal son is the tax collector. The prodigal son is the typical younger child that gets away with everything from mom and dad. And there is no justice in that child's life because mom and dad weren't the same with that child as they were with me. That's the Pharisee's older that's the older brother, the Pharisee. 
who's always looking at right and wrong, always keeping a tab of who does and who doesn't, always concerned about that, forgetting the injustice that was punished upon him for them. Be released of such shame and guilt. Let it not hinder your ability to love and forgive someone else. That's our re-entry point because there we were brought before God as infants and as children and there is where the tax collector and all who humble themselves before the Almighty God who has the power to damn and the power to resurrect. The kingdom only, the kingdom only comes to those who are among the humble who are among the infants, who are among the children, who are among the tax collectors and the prodigal sons of this world. Not to the Pharisees. Not to those who are keeping a track of right and wrong and justifying themselves and their actions by the rightness or the wrongness. And not by the mercy. Christ himself said to the one who shows mercy, shall receive mercy. To the one who judges by the law, by that same law shall be judged. Baptism, infant baptism, is the great connector of this text because it's here where the salvation is all Christ's initiative to the infant and to the child. It is all Christ's gift to the infant and to the child. and to the tax collectors and to the prodigal sons and to the ones who the world looks upon as getting away with murder. If they repent, if they are humble, they shall be exalted. It was Paul who said this about our Lord Jesus. God has highly exalted him who humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. <laughs> the beauty of this text is our Lord finds and creates faith in the most unlikely places of all, unlikely according to how the world judges. He finds faith and is and gives faith to infants and children whom we look upon and wonder, do they get it? <laughs> oh, yes, they get it. And our Lord finds faith in most unlikely places like the prodigal son and the tax collector that we look upon and say, do they get it? <laughs> oh, yes, they get it. Do you get it? Do you get it? The kingdom belongs to such as these, our Lord said. The kingdom belongs to such as we, who are humble, who shall be exalted in God's time. In the name of the one who called us as his children here 
and continually calls us back here, our Lord Jesus, who is faithful to the end. Amen.